Downtown Productions in cooperation with Zone Radio presents Downtown, the podcast. From the historic Zone Radio studios, here's your host, Rich Kimball. Hey, welcome in. It is Downtown, the podcast. Episode number 236. Rich Kimball and Carrie Haskell here with you, brought to you every week by Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. multi-talented folks on the guest list this week a little bit later on actress turned singer kelly monroe will talk with us about her first solo album scars of venus up first though a terrific actor and one of the best impressionists around he is so good and uh, will uh, will share a few of his great impressions with us he's also uh, the son of one of our favorite guests marion ross mrs c of happy days jim meskimen joining us here on downtown the podcast jim thanks so much for being with us oh thanks for having me aboard i appreciate it thanks for that nice introduction all right before we talk about you which is why we're here today i have to ask about your mother because we had her on our show a couple of years ago and she was an absolutely uh, delightful person to talk with i know she just celebrated a birthday recently how is marion ross doing yeah marion ross mrs c uh she just celebrated the big nine four we had a lovely party for her, and she felt uh, very beloved. She got a lot of nice flowers and cards from people, so she's very happy and healthy and, and sends her love and says, you know, she's so happy that she raised you so well and that you turned out so nice. <laughs> well, let's talk about your work, Jim. I, I have such a weak spot for talented impressionists, and you are you are so very good at it. And I watched some of your, your great instructional videos uh, on your website, and uh, oh, I, I, I love the, the way you uh, talk to people about how you approach the impressions that you do, that you begin often without any spoken words, but in trying to see the world through the eyes of those people. Well, yeah, that's the main thing. I mean, because, uh, you know, impressions, you know, like I do Robin Williams a lot. And uh, I mean, you could do Robin Williams' voice and it wouldn't, it wouldn't have the same sort of character if you didn't really look at the world the way he does. And, uh, you know, you could just sort of isolate this sort of, uh, the deep sort of brown sound that he has. But if you you could sound like a guy who was giving a speech at the Marriott, you know, you've got to really kind of imbue it with his life force and, and his, uh, uh, you know, intensity and energy and all that sort of thing. So so really, for me, the most important thing is viewpoint. What is the, How does that person see the world? And because, you know, people, also these celebrities that we impressionists do their own versions of and their homages to, these celebrities, they change. They sound different. Uh, often they sound different from film to film. You know, if they're really great and they're, they're among the pantheon of magnificent actors that we revere, you'll see them decade after decade. And they certainly don't sound the way in their 70s the way they did in their 20s when they grew to prominence sometimes. I like the fact, too, that you've said that you <laughs> like to do impressions of people whose work you like and respect. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I, I find it's easier to absorb them Anyway, you know, I'm sort of consuming their personality along with whatever their performance is. And, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I, I sort of tallied it up. I went, oh, all these guys that I do that I'm really good at doing are also happen to be my, my favorite performers. So, you know, like uh, there's a great actor named Tommy Lee Jones, who I have respected and been interested in for quite a while since I saw him in a film called Stormy Monday, which has got to be 30 years ago. But I sort of stowed him away. Whenever I saw him in a picture, I always kind of paid close attention because there was something marvelous in the way he performed. 
And even though he's not a very enthusiastic person, doesn't seem to be, he still is awfully, awfully compelling. <laughs> well, and that's part of it, too. You explain in, in your videos that uh, yeah, everybody has a different style. Some are a bit more laconic. Some are a bit more uh, percussive when they speak. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's like music. I, I look at it. I'm not a musician. I'm not a trained musician, but I like to sing. And uh, I know most voice actors in my, in my field, the good ones, the pros, have a musical side of themselves. You know, um, Rob Paulson comes to mind. He mm. was the uh, pinky of Pinky in the Brain. And he's a wonderful singer and uh, complex stuff. He can sing really, and, he, and does in his, his uh, performances. And has, uh, so I think it's the same kind of listening and uh, appreciation of different tones goes into it i don't know there's a lot to human voices you know there's so much that is expressed by by our voices and and that, that makes me kind of sad sometimes because we're now interacting with so many mechanical voices and robots and stuff and you know when you talk to a real person it's a very different experience mm. now did you you have a gift for mimicry as a kid and and how much of what you do is gift and how much is obviously the hard work that you put in yeah, that's a question I get a lot, and I, I really don't know how to answer it exactly because I don't know what what the percentage is. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure talent, whatever that is, has something to do with it. You could call it a gift or whatever, a, a natural sort of. I guess you know, you feel like you're a few steps ahead of people uh, for whatever reason. Uh, and I guess I had some aspect of that. But the main thing for me in all the different art forms that I've studied, because I'm a painter, I'm a writer, I've done all kinds of stuff. You know, what are you interested in? Because that's the area that's going to bear the most fruit. And that's after a while, you know, like, well, where does the talent stop and the 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 ability that's gained through practice begin? I don't know. I can't tell that. But I just like to do the things <laughs> I like to do the things that make me laugh and, and, and make me feel alive and that appeal to others, too. So that's that's uh, that's how it works. We're talking with Jim Meskimen here on downtown. You mentioned uh, your your paintings, is that your artwork that appears in the background on your videos? Yeah, on those uh, some of those videos that I did yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, those are my, I did a series of paintings for a while. I haven't been painting much lately, but I'm a, you know, I'm a trained artist. I went to Spain and I, in my 20s and I studied with a master. And I really thought I was going down that road. And, uh, and then I realized I don't really know how to make a living at this. And I'd seen my mother earn a living as an actress. So I thought, well, you know, I think I'm going to go to New York and, and try to be an actor because, you know, there's a couple of good reasons. One, I'll, I'll be able to support myself. I know how to do that. I've seen that happen. I know it can happen. And the other reason was I wanted an art form that was a little more social than painting. I painted in a kind of an isolated uh, environment for a long time, which was good to a point. But I think for me, and who I am, I really like to be around people. Now, speaking of being around people, do you find when you travel that you tend to take on whatever regional accent is existing and you're encountering there? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I do research. I mean, I if I go to Scotland, for example, I talk to people and try to understand what it is that makes them sound so particular. And, uh, you know, I've been to Paris as well. And, you know, you start to talk like this deeper um, to communicate with them and uh, uh, Germany, wherever you happen to go, you can gather research and begin <laughs> to understand something, you know, about how they explain things. And uh, I, I've always had a real hunger and an appetite to learn accents because 
my mother did it too. When I was growing up, my mother would imitate people and, and particularly accents of people because we had, I don't know, we had people in our lives that had some wonderful accents, and it's sort of fun, you know. I think everybody, everybody enjoys that, uh, the action of doing it if you have an ear for it, and uh, it's just marvelous how even even just English language speakers, how many different kinds there are on the planet. It, it, everyone's everyone's kind of doing their own, their own version <laughs> of it, and it's it's delightful. You also incorporate a physicality into your impressions that I think make them even more expressive, and you're able to you're able to transform your your face, your appearance, and and really become those people. Well, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, a lot of people mention that. I I find it hard to, you know, occupy a certain character and not take on the physicality. And you, you can learn a lot about a character. You know, actors know this very much that a, a character can be expressed purely physically. So, um, in fact, I'll probably do a video of that of that sometime of just the character without any without any talking at all, <laughs> and see if people can identify it. Jim Carrey was uh, great at that; probably still is at, at creating these very broad physical caricatures of celebrities. And uh, so, there's there's a lot of different ways to express it. Again, it's an art form, so you know you have a lot of free reign. And you uh, you pick up as as many impressionists do you pick up on key words when you're trying to learn that voice uh, for instance what what were the key words that helped you uh, find your way to creating a morgan freeman impression oh yeah that uh, that was uh, you know back in the days before there were lots and lots of morgan freeman imitators i i launched into i had a, an epiphany one time i was listening to uh, morgan freeman he was they were using his voice for a an advertisement for that movie, uh, Seven, The Seven Deadly Sins. <laughs> and uh, as as I heard his voice, he said, there are seven deadly sins. And for some reason, I, I thought, hey, I think I know how I could make that sound. Seven deadly sins. And that was kind of the key to that one. So, I mean, it doesn't always work that way with me. Sometimes I, I've watched somebody for years and years and realized, oh, I have them so in my head. I think I know which lever to pull inside my face and my throat <laughs> to duplicate that sound. And other times it comes across, you know, like you said, with just a couple of words that suddenly strike me. I go, oh, I know where those land. I know where that vibration comes from. Now, I don't recall hearing anybody do George Clooney until you, and yours is brilliant. Right. In fact, other than George, I've never heard anybody do a George Clooney before. <laughs> so I guess I'm... Uh, kind of a specialist. I had the pleasure of working with George Clooney on uh, a film called uh, Monuments Men. Mm. And uh, he called me in to do Harry Truman's voice. He had an actor that looked like Harry Truman, but didn't sound like him. And uh, I had to to do a little research. Truman is not one of these people that there's just scads and scads of recordings of. But anyway, I got the job and I got to go to Warner Brothers and, and there was George and uh, it was it was very pleasant. I did not do my George Clooney impression for George, but I'm, I I am aware that he knows that I do it. <laughs> and what's the key to a successful Clooney? Well, you just have to be uh, as uh, <laughs> as handsome as <laughs> as hell. <laughs> I don't know. He's got a very unique voice. I mean, we're about the same age, so that helps. Uh, you know, like Brian Cranston is another guy who, genetically speaking, is very similar to me. And I can kind of uh, just, uh, just by tensing my jaw, basically, 
and uh, pitching my voice a little lower, I do a pretty passable Brian Cranston. <laughs> I'm not sure if he knows I'm doing it. Uh, probably, probably not. I hope not. But uh, anyway, it's it's a that's a fun one to break out. Yeah, Brian. Brian's been on our show a few times. Yeah, that's that's very good. Now we can just say Brian's been on again. No one's going to know the difference there. Uh, we're talking oh, with no. Jim Meskimen here on downtown. Let's talk about your acting. You've got a lot going on these days, uh, working with Sean Penn and Julia Roberts uh, in Gaslit. What's that experience been like for you? Well, yeah, that uh, that show. Uh, I think it's been released uh, in March or April on on Stars Gaslit, the Watergate drama, and yeah, Sean Penn. Boy, it was amazing. I just went last night to an event where he was honored uh, by the Television Academy. But um, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. You, you you get a little nervous. I've worked with a lot of Oscar winners actually. I I tallied them up one day, and I've worked with about fifteen or sixteen Oscar winners. Uh, starting with my the first movie I ever did was with Marissa Tomei, a, a Ron Howard film called The Paper. But uh, so I, you know, sometimes you get a little nervy because they 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 come with a lot of expensive baggage. And uh, in in Sean Penn's case, I was like, I don't know what to expect. This is a larger than life guy. He's very passionate. He's very he's all in on whatever he's all in on. You know, <laughs> and uh, and he's playing this. It's a sort of a political project and you know what's this going to be like and when i met him he was just the nicest warmest down down to earth guy we actually spent quite a bit of time together uh, one afternoon shooting our scene and hanging out and talking about things i knew some people he knew and uh we had some mutual friends and you know we just talked about stuff but the, the thing that made it easiest is that he had just a mountain of prosthetic makeup on but if you've seen him he looked <laughs> you know he played john mitchell john mitchell was an overweight uh bald man in his 60s with an enormous nose <laughs> and all those things that, that Sean Penn really really doesn't resemble so he was under so much beautiful prosthetic makeup that I don't know I just didn't get starstruck it's like it was not not nerve-wracking at all and he was and he was very cordial I also did hunters with uh, Pacino and and Carol Kane, for an impressionist, that that had to be so hard. I would think to to be working with Pacino and not do Pacino. It, it would have been. I, I you know, fortunately for me, uh, Pacino was not in my scene. So he is in the show. He is the <laughs> star, but I was not in his scene. So, yeah, I worked with. Uh, I tell you what, I worked with that Matthew McConaughey a long time ago too, uh, <laughs> before he was a big Oscar winner as well. But. Uh, you know, uh, you just sort of, every actor's different. You just figure out a way to keep it real and authentic and, and try to, you know, not step on each other's lines or move a chair, you know, when the other guy's talking, <laughs> stuff like that. And you're going to be playing Phil Donahue in an upcoming project. Can you tell us about that? That's right. It's a show called Welcome to Chippendales, about the Chippendales, how the Chippendales empire rose and, and fell. Uh, and uh, they needed a guy to play Phil Donahue because, uh, believe it or not, you, you might remember, they got their big American debut on the Phil Donahue show. So I uh, I had to pull out my inner Donahue and uh, put on a nice white hairpiece and little paunch and go to town. <laughs> and you're also, people may not know, you're the voice of Colonel Sanders these days. That's right. I am the voice of, thank you for mentioning it. Uh, yeah, I have been the voice of uh, Colonel Sanders on... Uh, your radio and your television for about six or seven years now. It's a very rewarding, uh, rewarding relationship. Uh, so many people do George W. Bush, but uh, yours is, is, I think, the very best of all of them. 
Well, that's very kind. I want to tell you something. You're a great American, first of all. <laughs> and secondly, uh, you're a great American. So thank you <laughs> and your family. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been doing George W. Bush for a long time. Uh, it's, uh, I, I even uh, he, he, Now, he's seen my or heard my impression of him because I was at the, one of those White House press corps dinners one night. And we released a. Um, I, I did a lot of work with the Spirit Ellis Brothers, who are the uh, Jib Jab creators. Right. And we used to do these uh, yearly animations, mostly featured a lot of George W. Bush singing and and carrying on and dancing around. And and uh, we released one of our films at that press press conference dinner. And uh, he was he was there. He laughed. So I, I may be being followed by the CIA, but if if they are <laughs> following me, they're being very stealthy. <laughs> Well, Jim, uh, we love your work. People can visit your website at jimmeskimen.com. You never know when you're hearing Jim's voice, because a lot of times you may think it's somebody else, but it's Jim. Uh, it's been great to talk with you. Thank you so much for making time for us today. My pleasure. Thanks so much for the gracious interview. I'll see you around. I'll see you around the, the campus. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Thanks, Jim. All right. Bye-bye. That's Jim Meskimen, or a guy who does a very good Jim Meskimen impression here on Downtown. And we'll take a break. A word from Cross Insurance, and when we come back, actress and singer Kelly Monroe on Downtown. Since its founding in 1954, Cross Insurance has grown from a small family-owned agency that started in Bangor, Maine, into one of the largest super-regional insurance agencies in New England. With the network of offices throughout New England, Cross Insurance works with top carriers to provide maximum value to you, your family, and your business. We are proud to be the official insurance broker of the New England Patriots and would welcome the chance to provide security for your team. For more information, visit CrossInsurance.com. Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. I got no doubt in my head. I've got the heat in my step. I'm going to sleep when I'm dead. Keep on rolling. Our next guest here on Downtown is a talented actress. You know her from her roles. In American crime story, Billions and Lucifer. These days, she's turning her focus to music. That's a song from her first solo album called Scars of Venus. Kelly Monroe Dowdle with us here on Downtown. Hey, hey, thank you for having me on. Well, I've really been enjoying the album, uh, listening to it uh, all weekend, and I want to talk about uh, some of the songs uh, in a little bit, but I understand that uh, the, the writing process for you really began during the pandemic, uh, did writing those lyrics serve as a, a form of therapy for you? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, the world shut down when the pandemic happened, and I think it kind of allowed all of us to take a look internally, you know. It made us all kind of slow down. And so when things got um, a, a little shaky for me during that time, I I took the pen to the pad and, and started writing out kind of all my feelings. And um, it was a really beautiful time of, closure, kind of letting go of some relationships um, that I really never had the time to really digest and, and kind of figure out. So it was a really healing time for me. And, um, you know, just even even having the time to pick up the guitar and write was, uh, was really a huge blessing. Uh, you've gone through a divorce. You've had a couple of near-death experiences. Uh, how did all of that inform your writing? Oh, gosh. I mean, I, I now believe that I, I couldn't write without those experiences, and without those experiences, I couldn't write. I think everything has just been a perfect, um, you know, perfect storm, if you will, of, of everything that has led me to these moments now of writing and being an artist. Um, 
And, you know, I think, I, I don't know which one comes first. I don't know if those things, um, you know, happened and I made sense of it through writing or the other way around. But <laughs> I, I now kind of believe it was like part of a kind of a destiny path and, and getting the words out was, um, you know, is, is now part of my purpose. All right. Now you have to tell me now how a, a, a ayahuasca ceremony contributed to you exploring music more. Yeah. So I, you know, I was real hesitant to kind of talk about my plant-based medicine experience at first, but now I'm, I'm a big advocate for it. I really believe that, um, you know, they're doing clinical trials and stuff on, on that now for, you know, mood disorders and depression and anxiety and all these things. But for me personally, I think I had to have a radical experience like that in order to, you know, kind of break the chain and like in my mind of, um, allowing myself to go to a place of, exploring that side of me you know I think artistry really exploded in that moment um when I when I did the ayahuasca ceremony for me and you know all I can really tell you is in that in kind of the plants world you know you really surrender to whatever that plant medicine is because it's it's a really powerful process and you know I think you just kind of get to the point where you're like look I I know something has to change so I'm going to take this I'm going to take this approach because I don't want to be stuck anymore. So let's figure it out. And, um, I definitely had a lot of clarity, a, l a lot of resolution and, and it's kind of my most, uh, you know, I, I, I only do it like once or twice a year now, but it, it definitely opens you up creatively for sure. We're talking with Kelly Monroe. Her new album is called scars of you. Now, uh, people know you, you've had great success in your acting career as Kelly Dowdle. This was an opportunity for you to, to create a new identity and make sure that your music was received on its own merits so uh, without people saying oh oh she's the actor who also does music that's right that's right i really you know i i remember dolly parton um i i heard her an interview of hers back in the 70s and you know she said you know you gotta you gotta start from scratch as a musician you gotta do the work you gotta show up to all the you know twenty five thousand shows you gotta make huge mistakes and i really wanted to you know, kind of create a character, which I now believe is just a part of me within music. But I wanted to to kind of get my hands dirty and, and dig in just like anybody else. I didn't want, you know, anyone saying, oh, well, maybe she had a handout or this happened because, you know, she already is established in the entertainment industry. I wanted to really create my own way in music and, um, you know, put in the work and, and do everything that everyone else has been doing, you know. And I understand the name Monroe is a salute to your grandmother. It is. It is. That was actually her middle name. So it was a really beautiful, um, you know, contribution to kind of my family, you know, just the generational, you know, of, you know, bringing that name back and bringing it up again. Um, she's now since passed for a good while now. But with a W, I always thought it was super special. So that's what came to mind. Well, you know, we had we had Kevin Bacon on a few months ago, and I, I asked Kevin, you know, when you first started making music, did people roll their eyes and say, oh, an actor is doing an album? And Kevin said, oh, they still do. <laughs> and so yeah, it, it's right. it's difficult uh, for actors, which is strange. In other professions, people would accept and encourage people going in a different route. But it is a bit of a challenge to explore a new type of artistry. It is. And, you know, I think I do what I am learning now is that when you are an artist at heart and you are a creative at heart, you know, you will probably, you know, weave in and out of many lanes, you know, many artistic lanes, whether it's painting, writing, singing, acting, 
you know, interior decorating, whatever it may be. Cause I think when you're a creator, you, you just create, that's what you do. So I hope that we can have more people with, you know, very multidisciplinary, you know, routes and ways, because I think, um, it's really encouraging for people to know, like, we don't have to be in one box. We can do a lot of different things and be successful at all of them, you know? Well, the music is, is so great. Now, people heard some of the songs that you released them out ahead of the album. Uh, Mama Said is such a great track. Now, how much of that is inspired by your own mother? That is all her. She, <laughs> uh, she was a tough cookie, a single woman raising two kids. And, um, you know, she always just used to hit us with those one-liners. And so one day actually one of the first songs I ever wrote but you know just started picking up the guitar with my producer and we were actually laughing because my mom can be you know just a very stubborn strong woman and we just started firing off all the things she's ever taught me and um we wrote that song in about 20 minutes <laughs> so we uh, played a little bit of the new single, The Woman, or earlier in the show, and, and what a great anthem of uh, not only empowerment but self-acceptance that is beautifully said thank you for for seeing both both sides of that um yeah you know i i'm all about female empowerment and being strong and all that but i i also just the all the different hats and roles that women have to wear were you know these strong independent women but also women are so fragile and soft and beautiful and the essence of of a woman is just you know it's you can't beat that it's the best thing in the world so i think the dichotomy of those two worlds of a woman is what I was really trying to celebrate in that song. So I appreciate you saying that. Well, and the video is, is wonderful too. I love the concept for that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We, we brought in, you know, women of all walks of life and it was really a beautiful thing. We, um, you know, I said, you, you don't even have to be born a woman. Just if you are a woman, like we want to hear from you, you know? So it was so cool. I mean, women of all walks of life, we had somebody from the trans community um, attend, and that was just really powerful as well. It was just really cool to see a bunch of um, just really diverse women in one room together celebrating what it means to be a woman. I don't think anybody could write a song like Wounds if you didn't have a few that you've recovered from. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that that's a, that's a real powerful song. I just uh, finished a five-show uh, series, and... You know, live shows are, are really interesting because you really get to see the words touch, uh, you know, people in a different way. Because I can't, I wish I could be in everyone's home when they're sitting there, you know, <laughs> listening to my music on the radio or whatever it is. But in, in person at every single show, I got to see that song connect for some people. And it was just so incredibly powerful. Um, and it also lend itself to why I named the, the album Scars mm -hmm. Venus because, you know, we all have wounds and they eventually heal and they eventually turn into scars. And so I think that's a really beautiful metaphor of like, you know, we all experience pain and we all have, you know, either self or otherwise inflicted, you know, cuts or wounds, but, you know, eventually over time they heal and we all get better and things get better and um, everything kind of works out. I've been listening to the album a lot over the last few days. The song that I always keep going back to, it's such a great groove on it, is Down Your Spine. Yeah, I'm so glad you liked that one. You know, it's so funny. I've been hearing that feedback from several people, and we almost didn't put that on the album. Um, you know, it, it was one of those songs where I was like, God, I don't know. You know, is it? Is it? are you guys feeling it? Is it catchy? Because I've always loved that song, but then the more I listened to it, I was like, I'm not sure about that. 
And it's so funny because I've heard from other artists, you know, the one song that you are maybe not going to put on your album ends up being the song that, you know, people love the most. I think it's so <laughs> ironic. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about your acting career. You've had some uh, very big roles in uh, in well-received and critically acclaimed shows, uh, certainly American Crime Story with that stellar cast, the opportunity to play Nicole Brown Simpson. What was that experience like? Oh, man, it was just so surreal. Um, just an incredible cast, but incredible human beings, you know, like everybody on set, you know, whether it was John Travolta or Cuba Gooding or, you know, any of the women, you know, such, such incredible actresses. Everybody was just so humble, and you just felt so at home. And, you know, one thing I love about Ryan Murphy, um, you know, the producer on that show, he's really known for, you know, bringing people back years later. And he's just all about kind of once you find talent, you know, really giving them the opportunity. So I'm incredibly grateful for that opportunity, and I think it, you know, has opened up other doors for me. But so surreal, man. I mean, like, it totally took my even expansion as far as what's possible to the next level. Man, Ryan Murphy, we've talked to people who uh, have been on his shows, and he he creates his own world. And because, as you mentioned, he's got so many people that come back and work with him again that it sounds like behind the scenes it's a pretty well-oiled machine. That's right. That's right. I mean, I think, you know, he he's so incredibly talented and brilliant as far as, you know, just creating content and creating and having the, the visuals. But you know, I mean, you could be an extra on a show with him um, or, you know, kind of a, I, I call it, a, you know, a day player, if you will. And, you know, seven years later, you could get a phone call and go, hey, you know, Ryan would like you to be a series regular on this new series. <laughs> like, that's just Ryan. You know, you never know what he's going to do next. And he will remember every single person, though, on set from the extras to the person, you know, handing out the snacks, you know, and, and crafty and like, He'll remember every single person, every crew member. He's really brilliant that way. And what was uh, it like having the opportunity to play Anna Nicole Smith? That, by far, I will say to date, was probably my my most gratifying, uh, you know, rewarding role that I've played. You know, there was something about her. A lot of people just think she was a dumb blonde with big boobs. And, you know, she actually was a, a really brilliant woman, and I think... She's a fine example of a woman that was just trying to get out of small-minded Texas um, and create a life for herself. And I actually think she was much more, uh, you know, scrappy and intelligent than people give her credit for. So it was really beautiful to play her because I got to show kind of that more, like, intellectual deep side of her. And, you know, of course, the way she passed away was just tragic. Mm. Um, so filming that last scene... Uh, we, we didn't know at the time, but we kept reshooting that scene. Um, you know, the date kept falling through. And when we finally nailed it and we finally got that in scene, we found out that it was the exact day of her anniversary of her death. So oh, wow. Super special. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of respect for her. She she had a, a tough life, but, you know, she was uh, she was much more intelligent than people give her credit for. So it was really nice to play that. The first time that probably a lot of people saw you was uh, in Big Mama 2 with Martin Lawrence. And, and I hear that uh, years after that, uh, you had a chance meeting with him at a time when your career wasn't going as well as you would like, and that he was there to offer some support to you. Yeah, yeah, it was a really cool experience. I I was in L.A. and, you know, feeling kind of low. Nothing was landing. You know, and I think every actor, you know, knows at this point that, 
it's like when you actually show up on set and work, that's not even work. The work really is like all the in-between time when you're not booking jobs. Um, and I remember I walked into a Subway sandwich uh, chain and I saw Mar- Martin Lawrence right there. And uh, I said, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but, you know, seven years ago we filmed Big Mama's House Part 2 and said, of course I remember you. And I said, yeah, it's been tough. I, you know, I'm not, nothing's landing, nothing's sticking for me. And he looked at me and started smiling. He said, don't quit, kid. Just don't quit. And uh, and he walked out with a sandwich. And I was like, weird. <laughs> this is so weird. But it was like, you know, sometimes people come into our, you know, come back into our life or cross our paths for a particular reason. And I think it was like a full circle moment for me of just being reminded that, you know, don't quit. Just don't quit. Well, also, too, the, the, the entertainment community, is it's a relatively small one. And if you if you do good work, people remember it. And it might be a while, but that often comes back around to benefit you in the future. It does. And, I, you know, I think that's with anything in life, right? I think if you're a kind person and you do good work, I think it's inevitable that uh, you'll at least get a shot and an opportunity to, to make something of yourself. All right. I have to ask before we let you go, how is Cash doing your dog? Oh, thanks for asking. He is actually curled up right next to me right now. He's um, precious as can be. He he comes to every um, studio session with me, and he's my good luck charm. So well, he's doing great. Thanks excellent. Well, we'll give him a little, little something under the chin from us. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> uh, the album is wonderful. It's called Scars of Venus, a brand new one from Kelly Monroe. Uh, Kelly, I've enjoyed your work for a long time. The music sounds great. Uh, we wish you much success with that and your acting career, and thanks so much for spending a little time with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. That's Kelly Monroe. Her album, Scars of Venus, out now and available everywhere. Our thanks to Kelly. Thanks to Jim Meskimen for joining us this weekend. To you, of course, for being with us on the podcast. We'll see you next time on Downtown, brought to you by Cross Insurance, where security meets strength.